Garrick, my friend, it is good to see you, buddy. Likewise. I thought we could do something a little bit different today. I thought we could start off with a little bit. Of, we talk a lot of, about uh, pilgrimage and our time on the Camino uh, on this podcast so far. And so I thought today at the start of a podcast, we could start off with a prayer that is said at the beginning of every pilgrimage, because today, unlike any other podcast that we've ever had, is a very special podcast. Yes, it is. a special guest today. So in light of that, here is uh, a prayer that one prays before setting out on a pilgrimage. God of the guiding star, the bush that blazes, show us your way. God of the stormy seas, the bread that nourishes, teach us your truth. God of the still small voice, the wind that blows where it chooses, fill us with life. God of the elements of our inward and outward journeys, set our feet on your road today. May God bless us with a safe journey. May the angels and saints travel with us. May we live this day in justice and joy. Amen. Amen. Well, Garrick, this is, why this is, is today a special a day? Good one. This is this is epic, uh, really special. We've got uh, five guests, five uh, guys who we walked the community of Santiago with, um, what, like eight months ago? Yeah, September. No. Yeah, September, yeah. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about pilgrimage. We're gonna talk about what we learned, uh, and uh, these are just uh, great guys. Um, and um, I I know they all have a lot to to say. And we 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 learned a lot about each other and about about life during our week on the Camino de Santiago. And um, so we're, we, you and I have been talking about this for for a while to do this. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. I would call it one of the most seminal experiences of my life, um, and I've I've lived a fairly full life. Um, I have crossed the Abu Dhabi from Uzbekistan into Afghanistan. I have uh, lived in Tunisia. I've uh, swam in various oceans. I've served on many continents. But to be honest with you, I can honestly say this is one of the, it was one of the best experiences of my life. The timing, but also these guys that are on the line with us today have. Uh, you know, I knew some of them going in, but some of them I didn't. Uh, yeah. But I would count each and every one of them uh, close friends and brothers in Christ of the dearest sort. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah, I'm just lucky to have been on it. And I hope that's something we get into a little bit, the, the formative power of the Camino or the pilgrimage in community and, and building relationships. I think that hopefully that's something we'll, we'll talk a little bit about. I, I would agree 100%. Some of these guys we, we didn't even know. Like we had never – you know, two guys we knew. Yeah. Uh, the other three we hadn't, you know, didn't even know who they were. And within, you know, a matter of days, uh, we had become Camino. Uh, the Camino friend sounds really, really, really goofy. <laughs> it's a, but, it sounds like a Netflix I, series coming <laughs> to your children's. But I, but I was trying to go somewhere with that. But we became, we became. I, I think we we built a bond that, um, yeah, that is, I think, pretty powerful and speaks a lot about what can happen on a pilgrimage, what God is doing, uh, what God can do through relationships and community. And so it's uh, a powerful yeah, experience for all of us. You know, there's so many lessons. So I'm going back through Abraham's life and the idea of pilgrimage and sojourning and everything else. And one of the things that I think is, is as you think about pilgrimage as a metaphor, one of the things that comes out of it 
is the fact that it is easy to deepen relationships when you all understand we have the same goal in mind. And that's one of the cool things about the Camino is you're all walking towards the same place, but you've come from different areas. I mean, we, we all flew in from different places, met up uh, and uh, started doing it, but there's a ton of backstory before that. And I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to cheapen the folks at home of, of getting to enjoy the fullness of this uh, incredible story. Um, I will set up here a little bit because there's an important piece of this and that is Christmas in Granada. <laughs> so we have every, every January, there is a conference that goes on in the South of Spain where uh, crew interns from all over the world sharing the gospel in many different locations gather in the South of Spain in order to have a conference together and meet up and it's called mid-year. Uh, I am an instant permanent institution at that conference. My wife and I don't miss it for anything. We love it. We're refreshed by it. And we have a friend there, uh, D.E. Adams, who also serves with crew. And he comes every year and then we make, we venture from a uh, the southern coast of Spain up to Granada. And we have, we have a day off during that conference and we all kind of venture up there to your place. And we have a big, uh, a big dinner together, all day affair, food affair of uh, good fellowship, good conversation. And DE has actually come to calling it Christmas in Granada. And, uh, and now I call it Christmas in Granada. So we get to do that every year. So we are hugely blessed in that three of uh, three guys that I would consider some of my closest friends, D.E., Mike Schatzman, and yourself, are all typically all gathered to, there together. And uh, just for a chance to deepen our relationships, talk shop, laugh, and uh, enjoy the, uh, the good life in Spain. Exactly. So, D.E. Adams, as you are the legend, the man who uh, there, you actually – in some sense need no introduction, but you do need introduction. So here I am, my friend. Uh, <laughs> so this all started with, as DE's idea. Now, DE, without tearing your, taking your thunder here, could you go ahead and set up uh, for us how all of this started? Now, you serve as the, uh, your, the International Missions Director for Crew for Western Europe. Is that correct? This is now to turn into a deposition. <laughs> this is a little bit, it, I just so deep, it set the tone here. This is a little bit like getting the guys together for Ocean's Eleven. So just That's right. That's that in right. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it felt very much that way. Um, yeah, so I work in Austin helping send people to Western Europe. So um, like Barrett said, like my job is getting to work with Garrick and Mike and Barrett um, all the time from the U.S. side and, and having that time together. And so... Um, yeah, this, this idea, even kind of the Ocean's Eleven, I think, is a great kind of idea of how this came together. So um, 20 years ago, I was working in Lithuania with, with crew Agape, uh, doing student ministry then. And, then. and so there, um, Agape would have a summer um, outreach with their students where all from all over Europe, students would come and walk the Camino together. Just some incredible staff at that time that kind of did. Bible studies with this. It was just a great time. So um, in 2000, I brought a group of students from Lithuania. Um, we made the unfortunate decision to take a bus from Lithuania to Spain, um, which 77 <laughs> hours later didn't seem like really the best idea to be on a bus that long. But um, yeah, so it didn't really start well, poor planning on my part. But I mean, it was for, for my ministry in Lithuania, um, it was probably the highlight. Doing Camino with these young guys, just what that looked like. Um, and so you know, that, that was already a part of my story um, of something that I knew how God had worked. 
Loving it. And so, um, you know, my wife, Mindy, and I, we came back to the States, to Austin, 2006. Um, and, and when we came back, I, I think one of the things for me that was kind of my deepest hunger at that point was just to have deep spiritual, intellectual connections with guys my age. Like I worked with 18-year-old guys all the time. I loved my work with them, but it just was like dying on the vine of like, man, I just need... I just need that type of relationship. So Mindy and I get involved in our church here, start going to a small group. Um, and in that small group were just these, like it was exactly what I've been praying for and coming back of just like, man, these are just guys that challenge me, that walk with the Lord, that I just love being around. Um, and so uh, Jason Cohen and Dan, Danny Pantarelli and Ty Prang were the other guys that went on the Camino with us. They were all in this small group with us. And so kind of almost as soon as I got there, they had started this kind of reading books, getting together for breakfast, just this great time together once a week at a taqueria near us. Um, and it was like, again, a really highlight of my life. And we did that and we loved it. But as the kids started getting into school and sports and activities and the busyness of life, like, we just kind of all went our different ways and we still really enjoy each other when we'd see each other in passing. But I would say there was about a decade of just us not connecting a lot. And yet this yearning of like, man, I love the time with those guys and I really miss it. So November of 2018, one of the places we would run into each other was this father daughter camp out. Um, so November of 2018, um, we're at this camp out and, and it was about a year before my 50th birthday. And, I was, I'm super nostalgic anyway. I love to kind of look at milestones and like with the milestone of my 50th birthday, I was like, man, I want to do something significant, something to kind of like mark this time in my life. And so I was, that was already kind of circulating in my head. And then I don't know if it was Jason or Danny, but one of them I ran into at this camp out and we're just catching up and enjoying catching up again. And I'm certain that one of them was like, man, we should really do the Camino together. Like, I don't know if they remember that at all. I feel like when we talk, they're like, I don't really remember you saying that. But man, when they said that that first week of November, like there, there was a seed planted that I could not forget about for at all. Like just a sense of like, man, the Camino with those guys, it's been this decade where we just haven't had that quality time together. Like what the Camino and doing that pilgrimage would mean to me, like getting to do it with them. It was a pretty amazing idea, but I had a ton of doubt. I mean, this whole time I had a ton of doubt. I'm like, all these peers, that these guys that I want to hang out with, I know how busy all of your lives are and how hard it would be to carve out a week to do anything. So I'm like, it's a great idea, but who knows? So most of December up till this time in January, you talk about Christmas and Granada. That just kept burning in me, but I was like man, I, I don't know, like this isn't going to work. And so then at Christmas in Granada, just this incredible time with Garrick and his wife Z, who just incredibly host us and always just great conversations. We start talking about this idea and Mike and Barrett, you're there, Garrick, you're there. Um, and we start talking about it and you guys latched onto it so quick. Like you're there with your wife. So I knew that you would actually get approval to do this, which was amazing too. But all of y'all were like, yeah, I'll do that. When do we do it? And, and Garrick, especially like, I mean, I think Garrick was the one who put me over the top because he was like this. And then like the next day, it felt like he'd written like this 30 page paper of all possible routes and like every detail of it. And so it's, I, it's, I it's think Garrick's moment to shine. <laughs> useless information. <laughs> Maybe you don't know what my doctorate's about, but 
<laughs> so that was that was such an encouragement there. Then I was, and again, I, I think there was still this sense of like, yeah, but really, really could it happen? And and Garrick had said, hey, September is probably a great time of year to do it, which again probably isn't the most convenient for us, but. Um, so that gave me some confidence, but kind of came back to Austin. I was like, okay, how do I present this to Jason and Danny? And I was like super nervous. And, um, like, I think I like printed out like a, a folder with all this pertinent information. And I'm like, Hey Jason, why don't we come over to your house and invite Danny over, which I, I don't think I even told Jason that Danny was coming. It was just all very awkward. <laughs> it was very similar to how I asked people out in junior high. It was just all like, okay, super awkward, not what we need. <laughs> And uh, so we get to their house and I'm like, hey guys, I know this is kind of outlandish, but like, would you guys think about doing this? I know you mentioned it in November, which they're like, eh, I don't know if I mentioned it in November, but I was like, I heard you say something in November. And I, both Danny and Jason, like were again, like you, the, the three guys in Spain were like, yeah, like we'd love to do that. Let's do this. Let's make this happen. And I mean, I was blown away. Oh, I, I was like, oh my goodness, like these are the guys that I so want to live life with anyway. And I know in their jobs and their life how busy they are. And so, yeah, I kind of got my group together. And then, um, Jason, I'll send it over to you because then Jason um, wisely added the most important part to our group. <laughs> That's a very true statement. Um, very true. Yeah, I remember that day that uh, you said, hey, can I come over and want to talk to you about the Camino? And I was thinking, okay, cool. Yeah, that's uh, something we kicked around and yeah, let's talk about it. And then I, uh, like literally like two minutes later, the doorbell rings. So I was like, wow, that was quick. I know we live in the same neighborhood, but I was <laughs> like, hey, he couldn't have shown up that quick. And I opened the door and there's Danny. Uh, and I was like, oh, hey. He's like, yeah, uh, Dave said to, uh, to meet here. I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, come on in. And then Dave shows up. And uh, so we sit in the, the patio in the back and and DE pulls out the uh, the folder um, with all of these printouts and and uh, just a, a bunch of papers and what seemed like manuals and maps and and itineraries and we were like whoa this is serious so um, anyway that was a that was a fun day and yeah we got really excited so we started making the plans um, for for the Camino in September which was a few months away. And at the same time, uh, I have a daughter who started playing in a volleyball team. And this is the first time she's ever played volleyball. She's, she's never played before. So it was just kind of a fluke that she got accepted onto this team for one season because she was the, the, uh, the maximum age allowed in this league. And it wasn't going to last very long. But OK, we'll just do this one season. And uh, it turns out Ty Prang. Uh, has a daughter the same age who is also on that team. So we we hung out um, from time to time at the games and practices. And like DE said, we had seen each other in passing plenty of times over the years, but didn't really have a, a close uh, friendship as, as we were not involved in the same activities or or a small group or anything like that for, for a long time. But we've always remained friends and, and hung out and ran into each other at the campouts and things like that. So I mentioned it to Ty in passing uh, one of the practices and he, he, he just saw like kind of his eyes light up and said, oh, that sounds really cool. So I wanted to be like, hey, come with us. But I said, you know what, I better, I better check with DE first. <laughs> so, so I called or I was, I think I texted as I was talking to Ty. Uh, I said, hey, Dean, can I, can I invite Ty to the, <laughs> to the Camino? And Dave said, uh, uh, yeah, that'd be awesome, right away, right away. And I was like, oh, great. So I, I talked to Ty, uh, I invited Ty and, and he said, yeah, let me give it some thought. And he ended up uh, joining our Camino Brotherhood 
uh, I don't know if I, I can coin that term, but I, I like Camino Brotherhood <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I've already tattooed it onto my uh, <laughs> something. But yeah, so, Ty, so, Ty, Ty became an integral piece of our, of our brotherhood. So that was great. So, so Danny, when, when you showed up at Jason's house and he was, looked surprised, I, for one, I can kind of see you just handling the situation with your, <laughs> with your, with your unique humor. But, but what, what, <laughs> what were you thinking <laughs> at that point? Well, it's funny because I think actually, as I remember it, um, he opened the door and he said, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't believe you showed up right now because DE's actually on his <laughs> way over here now too. And I said, yeah, I know. And he's like, what do you mean you know? How do you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, so it yeah. was, a, it was, a. we were both like, oh, I guess we're, I guess we were meant to be. So, so Danny, I, now you, when, when DE asked you, I mean, you have a, you are an entrepreneur and a, and a, a pretty busy man. You had started your own company. Um, how, how were you feeling about finding time off then? Cause that, like DE said, that's a hard thing to do for most of us, but I can imagine in your situation, pretty, pretty difficult. Well, it came at a life stage where I had sold this company that I'd worked so hard to build with some uh, partners. Um, and so now I was just sort of a, uh, we sold it to this big international firm. And so now I was in a new phase of professional life. And when DE mentioned it, um, it's funny because he says, you know, he brought over the, all the materials and I, 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 I think I gave them a cursory look just to make him feel good that he had <laughs> spent so much on printing all this stuff. But I was, I, I think I'd said it to you. I'm like, I am in. And if I, if I can't uh, work, if I can't do this trip and have a job at the same time, then I'll quit my job um, because we're going to do this trip. But why, um, why, why such a, why such a strong statement? Cause I mean, that, that's a, that's an incredible statement. So I was what made excited. you put it in those terms? I was just excited. I mean, I, I had, I had heard about the trip. I'd seen it, you know, all of us had, had heard of it and heard of the Camino. And yeah. so I had seen it. And again, I, I think it was just, you know, it was God's, it was God's timing that, that DE mentioned it. And when he mentioned, you know, Oh, and I got these guys that are, that are in Europe and, they're the, you know, these awesome people. I just, I just felt like, you know what, life stage wise, this was the time, this was for sure the time to do it. Cool. Well, that, that brings us to Ty. And Ty, while you were the at last added, you were certainly not the least. Uh, what, what made you want to, want to jump on the bandwagon? So I think the originally, I watched the movie The Way years ago, but maybe after two years or so after it came out and uh you know it goes with uh, what is it martin sheen goes on the camino and i just thought wow that is an incredible experience i'd like to do that someday but it just keeps going on and years go by and, and then all of a sudden jason brought this up at the volleyball and volleyball uh, practice one day and and just like you talk about like danny was talking about just god brings things in your life at certain times it just by chance jason's daughter had never played my daughter's been playing for years but this guy, Scott Martin, has been a coach for, for my daughter for a long time. And, and the league that they're in is really – it's not a competitive league. It's just a, just a fun league pretty much. And so, Jason, I saw his daughter practicing at, at another venue, and he said she was getting started. So then 
she got onto the team and I, or I guess backing up just a little bit, I, I told him, Hey, you should join this team or she should join this team because coach is really good. And the girls are just really awesome. to Just be around. It'll be a good first experience. And so all that to say, it's just God's perfect timing of bringing people into your life right away. And then just for those listening, if you ever want to do something in your life and you want your spouse to buy into it, just say you're going to go do something with DE. <laughs> automatically, <laughs> automatically, your spouse will buy in right away. And so the minute, minute I mentioned that about DE, my wife, Stephanie, was on board immediately. And, and we were definitely going through a trying time. Her dad had just passed away unexpectedly uh, in January before, before we started making the plans for this. So it was probably a month later or so I got involved. But uh, just th- to reiterate, DE is the answer for if you want to go somewhere with, your, with somebody. <laughs> your spouse will buy onto it immediately. You know, but that's, I've been around that's these, also yeah. true. That's very true. I was, I was, was going to interject that exact uh, thought because I had <laughs> – I was a, a little bit apprehensive of bringing this to my wife because I had just done the Inca Trail in Peru about a year before this. And I was thinking – and I went out and I did it by myself uh, just for a couple of reasons. My wife was not into the whole camping in the mountains with no bathrooms and plus her knees are pretty bad. So she just wasn't interested in going. But then – so I was like, well, this is like barely a year after that. And uh, – here I'm going to go off gallivanting again into Europe. And, but when I mentioned, yeah, it's with, uh, with DE and, and, uh, you know, Ty and Danny and then three, three other guys who are Christian missionaries in Europe. She was like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You definitely should do that. <laughs> D, D is, D is essentially the Dan, the Danny ocean of this. That's right. Group, right? Yeah. Who's, who's Matt Damon. I don't want to know. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's funny, D, I feel, I feel, so I was the, I'm, I'm the youngest of the group. And while I consider all of you fast friends, um, when, when you mentioned it at, uh, at uh, Christmas in Granada, I told Victoria, I guess we rode home together that night. But um, as soon as we got into our hotel room, I mentioned to Victoria, I was like, Hey, D invited me to go walking with him on the Camino for his 50th birthday. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's a huge honor. You have to go. And I was like, yeah, I know. So it was, it was a pretty cool thing. It was a, I tell you what, when, when, uh, when Danny Ocean comes knocking, you, you, uh, you answer. The payoff's always going to be big. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, did, I did say Ty was last but not least, but that's not true. We also have uh, a, for making his second appearance on the, uh, on the Rabbit Trails podcast, Mike, Mike Schatzman who is yeah. uh, with crew in Portugal and, and Mike, when you've been, you've known DE perhaps for the longest. 23 years now we met in the Baltics when we both served there uh, yeah. in Lithuania and me in Estonia a long time now. So yeah, when he mentioned it uh, in January at Christmas in Granada, it was really uh, it hit a, at a good time. It hit me at a good time because my wife and I moved to Estonia, I to Portugal rather eight years ago and we moved with three kids and, uh, you just kind of plunge right in and you get the kids settled in, in school and you learn Portuguese and you and we started the ministry up, the campus ministry. And it was seven pretty hard years. And uh, right before we met up in, in January, Suzanne and I, my wife, uh, we'd been talking and I kind of jokingly said, I was reading through some things in the Old Testament. I said, you know, we're talking about how worn out we were from seven years of just hard startup ministry and helping shepherd kids through Portuguese schools and all that. And uh, I said, you know, I feel like 
we've had like Joseph when he talks to Pharaoh and he had the seven uh, skinny cow years. <laughs> and I said, now I said, I'm praying for seven fat cow years. And so probably a few weeks later, uh, DE, uh, you know, came along we were at Christmas in Granada and throws this out. And to me, it just seemed like an answer to one of the seven fat cow years, just a chance to do something with some guys in the same stage of life. I'd done the Camino a couple of years before uh, with my two boys, which was really good. But there's a difference when you're taking your sons along and trying to impart things to them versus walking with a group of peers we, and really we, interacting with peers. So we argue, we argued about the fine, finer issues of Marvel movies a little bit less than them. I'm sure. Oh my goodness. You are not kidding. You're not kidding. Yes. It was nice to not talk Marvel that whole time. But uh, yeah. So yeah, just the opportunity to, to do it with a bunch of guys. It just seemed like, what I was looking for in terms of uh, fat cow years. Yeah. So DE, you got your wish then. You got us all together. Everyone, it happened. With trepidation. I mean, (laughs) I I, I think for me, these like are such both like such important circles to me. Um, But I I was, I was so worried of how they were going to interact. of this sense of like, hey, I'm, I'm going to play host all week. Like I've got my three buddies over here, my three buddies over here. Um, e- even in the spring getting ready, you know, it's just like, oh, do I have to kind of, um, and for me, that was the amazing thing of just seeing kind of in the spring a little bit of how it came together. I mean, I, I feel like one of the the really important parts as we were getting ready to do this in September was when Danny kind of sent something out and was like, hey, like what what are if this is a pilgrimage, if you're really trusting God and prayer and other things on this, like, is there a verse? Is there something that you really want to carry with you? And I felt like it, it was just fun. I think even going in to see how it, it just came together and going, Oh my goodness, there's such a unique balance of skills and giftings on this, this group. And everyone's kind of stepping up to do that. Um, but I think especially the first day, um, man, it, within probably six hours, the first day I was just like, okay, these guys totally get along with each other. And like everyone has kind of already interacted with each other and really starting to get the feel of like, yeah, on this pilgrimage, I think God has called the right ocean 11s people to be here. Like this is who should be together. And just the way that you guys all interacted with each other. That, that was probably one of my biggest fears. And that just kind of melted away um, so quickly as we started out. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Garrick, I don't know about how you felt, but you know, I, I left, well, I, I was, we had, I had entered into kind of like Mike in some ways. Um, my, my dry years probably extended to 10 or 11. Um, and I just was exhausted and I had entered a time of kind of prayer and fasting with the Lord. And, um, but I was so looking forward to this time in September. And, um, the last thing my wife says is kind of like, okay, come back with direction for our lives. <laughs> it's just like, okay, no, no, no pressure. Nah. But, um, but uh, it was just, I, I entered that and I was on a little bit of an upward swing on kind of on some, I, what I would say burnout that had been going on for several years. felt like I was sort of on the upward swing of that, um, but entered that week. And here step into the picture, six guys, two, three of whom I knew and three who I didn't, who just entered into my life talking. And, you know, one of the great things about the Camino is that you're walking 20, 30 kilometers a day. 
and you just have nothing to do but talk. And one of the cool things for me was that we were paired up more or less throughout the day, but there was always, because we were seven people, uh, there was always, you always had an opportunity to walk by yourself a little bit because, you know, you could just, just by the virtue of it. And so we had the kind of this rotation. And so just a chance to get to know everyone. But I, I would say even, even before the first day, the, for, the first night, uh, we sat down, oh, yeah. we got to, uh, Garrick, what was the, what was the town? Tria Castella. Tria Castella. And we got to that first little cafe bar and we sat down and we had a few tapas and we're just sitting there talking. And I just remember thinking, actually, it might've actually been the first Blackberry that made it into my mouth that I thought, okay, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, there, there's, there's a couple, couple things there, right. That are important to kind of get into, uh, you know, where we're coming from, where we're going, uh, but particularly the, the the fact that very quickly we all gave each other nicknames, which I which I <laughs> thought was very was fascinating, yeah. um, and and that became kind of you know the uh, part of the 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 camaraderie camaraderie of the yeah. of the time. Also, I also do want to say this I, I, because you do go in anything and new people, and I, I you know my September's and summers were just I had a great summer, but it was a busy, 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 busy. And so you just kind of hit the ground running in, um, uh, in Santiago. We all met up in Santiago. And I remember being, you know, I'm, I was a little, not stressed, but these, uh, bag had disappeared. That was not good. They've been lost by the airline. People were kind of coming in. We had to get Danny a, you know, new passport. We were, you know, you guys were going to like literally arrive as our ride was. A, you know, so it's a lot of kind of, I didn't have a lot of time to process and think kind of before, um, I will say this. I, uh, one of the great things about this group was the said, well, two guys speak Spanish. So I was like, uh, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And usually when someone from the States, they say oh, they speak Spanish, they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. So one of my fears was I was going to be translating the whole time. So it was great to have Danny and Jason who are, speak incredible Spanish, have uh, Argentinian roots. That was a huge blessing. The other thing was everyone loved to eat and eat yeah. well. And it was just had a good oh, yeah. time trying food and enjoying it. And that made, that made the experience also, because uh, I think there's this, this ability to come every day at the end of the day and, and have a great meal together and talk and hang out. And that was, a, I think, just an integral part of um, Caminos. But I, I think we should go with everyone's nickname, um, Barrett. Okay, so the well, you have to give background to to the nickname from where it comes from. So no, yeah. no nickname was just thrown out without reason or context. So my my nickname, unfortunately, I feel a little gypped, was the only one that was English. Everyone else got Spanish. But okay, so be that as it may, mine is the Forager because. I living in Sweden, I have learned to identify plants that are edible and can be eaten. And along the path, there are many good, especially that time of year, it was blackberry season, but it was also apple and pear season. And uh, just found a, a way to be able to uh, identify uh, wild arugula, oregano, various herbs and things like that. So along the way, if I got hungry, I just found some uh, found some blackberries so and also Forge. because you you witnessed a miracle didn't you have two apples fall basically <laughs> into your hand as you walked by i think that's yeah, when that was pretty <laughs> that was pretty awesome i don't remember what day that was but the, the name forager had had stuck and then we we're just walking along and then all of a sudden like two perfect apples just drop right in front of me it's like oh i'll i'll eat those it <laughs> <laughs> was pretty awesome de your nickname well mine was pata negra 
um, which I had no idea what that, that meant until it was given to me. Um, but it, it's, it's like the largest pick, and I, I was the heaviest person in this group. So I think Not that's true. That's true. The tastiest pig. It is the tastiest pig that has been fed on black acorns. Yes. And it's so prized, it has GPS attached to it, so they know where it is at all times. So it was like, yeah, creme de la creme, blue ribbon, whatever. So, um, yes, I, I took that with great pride. I really enjoyed um that and and mike schatzman's name kind of is the one that saved saved me so yeah mike maybe you can tell us <laughs> a bit about yours yeah it's sao paulo or santa paulo because uh i'm kind of an evangelist when it comes to these walking sticks <laughs> and uh in fact i'd be amiss if i didn't take the time to tell you they actually save you about 25 percent of your energy and when you're going up the hills man they're like they're they're like life and when you're going down the hills they preserve your knees and so I was always pushing the sticks on people uh, for their own good. And again, I'll take time to say 25% more energy. That's what I'm going to say. So you, I did convince DE to, to get a pair of sticks. So. And, and, they did, and, they did, and they did work for you, didn't they, DE? Oh, they did. They did. I would have been a mess without them. Beautiful. So one of the things being that we liked food, Garrick was always quick to point out the beautiful lettuce Mm-hmm. of northern spain <laughs> and therefore uh, and therefore earned the nickname lechuga libre right because I, yeah. I did speak a lot about the lettuce and the salads are just fantastic great lettuce <laughs> it's great it's not every it's, every it's two amazing. seconds every we'd walk, we'd, walk, we'd walk by these fields and garrick would be like look, look, look at that lettuce or we'd sit down at dinner and be like man can you believe this lettuce <laughs> And we all said, we did not come all this way to <laughs> lettuce. <laughs> That's right. I want Iberian pork overdose. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, steak. Oh, gosh. Um, and then Ty was, what Ty, what was your nickname? El, El Salvador. El Salvador. That's yes. right. And you, how I don't did know you how earn much we that name? You, you have to tell how you earned it. I don't want to know. If, I don't know if we want to go into that story right now or not. But, uh, I think we do. Last nickname seems story. Yeah. seems like a seems like a good yes. time to run into it. So, <laughs> so I didn't know what to expect on this trip as far as like just feeling those moments of of God just working in your life, and it didn't take long for for me to catch on to that. Of well, this is going to be an incredible journey, uh, as Barrick mentioned the the cafe the night before we took off, but. Well, I even looked at it this morning. It was 3.8 kilometers from Triacastela to uh, the town of San Cristobal do Real. And uh, I even looked up on Google Maps exactly what uh, the turn was, that, uh, the, the road that we were on. Oh, wow. But um, there was a blind couple walking, and we were walking on the left side of the road where traffic was coming upon us. And uh, wait, 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 wait. We, I got to interrupt. They're not just walking, they're doing the Camino, right? I, yes, let me let me space that. They're actually walking the Camino for the second time. So the year before we went, uh, they had gone halfway and, and gone from, from France to Astorga, Spain. And then this year they picked back up going from Astorga and then they were in Triascatela going on on the way into Santiago. So um, they're walking on the side of the road, blind car. And that, and that road, might, might I add, was that point where you had to cross – 
was not just a regular road. There was a bend and you could not really see yeah, the no cars no. coming around. So it was kind of a treacherous uh, spot in the road. It was, it was dangerous for seeing people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe we can have a link on the rabbit trails podcast to this exact uh, Google maps version. <laughs> of what we were going. Idea. <laughs> you can actually street view it, even walk it, you know, and see. Mm-hmm. So they're walking on the left side and we had to cross over to the right side and kind of go down into this trail. And uh, we recognized some cars come by around that corner just flying. And I re- realized, whoa, these, these, these blind people, I don't think they understand what's going on or what they have to cross. And so I, I kind of stopped and said, whoa, 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 whoa. And I said, uh, there's a turn up here. There's some cars flying along here. Uh, you guys might let us help you cross. And so basically we kind of all lined up and made sure it was clear. Uh, somebody got up ahead and made sure nobody else, no cars were coming around the corner pretty fast. And then we crossed this blind couple together uh, to get them across the street. And then after that, it was just long conversation for, with them for several kilometers and just incredible conversation with them. And I just knew that this was going to be an incredible trip for us. And so I earned the name El Salvador for helping uh, save the people, the blind people to cross the street at, uh, at that location. It, it should also be noted that Ty's profession is fireman. So it, it, it fits, it fits your profession. You've chosen your profession wisely, Ty. <laughs> oh, goodness. We'll do Jason last by virtue of his, uh, of, of his, uh, of his, of his nickname. So uh, uh, Danny, uh, your nickname, my friend. So mine was a lot less uh, meaningful than Ty's, oh, um, but, but don't, like, don't, don't belittle that. <laughs> but like Garrick, like Garrick, mine was given to me because of my incessant mes- mentioning of a food item. Um, so mine was bocadillo. Bocadillo, bocadillos are these uh, uniquely Spanish um, baguette sandwiches that typically just have that crazy awesome iberian uh cured ham in them and then as we all discovered because we ate hundreds of them on this trip (laughs) you know they put in all kinds of other stuff too and i hadn't even gotten to connect with you guys yet because i had landed in madrid first and i went uh on switching flights uh went to the starbucks in the in the airport and they had bocadillos in there and the last time I had had one was the last time I was in Spain, which was on my honeymoon, which was is 17 years ago. Um, so I was just, I was just on cloud nine having that ham. And uh, so I proceeded to mention it, I think about 25 times in that first day. Uh, and so that became my nickname, Bocadillo. But, but that is more respectable than talking incessantly about lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they have lettuce in other places in the world, yes. You know, <laughs> And I, you know what, to be honest with you, I'm not sure that I ate a single salad that entire trip. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I think I saw you guys. Did I ate some salad and it was good. Salads. I, I don't, I don't uh, deny that the <laughs> salad is good. <laughs> But, okay, so that, that brings us in, which, which one of the best pictures of our time on the Camino did revolve around a bocadillo the size of a small Rottweiler. Child. Um, yeah, it was <laughs> massive. But anyway, we'll, uh, maybe we'll put that in the show notes on Garrick. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so that brings us to Jason. 
whose nickname yeah. was? My nickname was Sin Final, or Sin Fin for short. Um, and that's just come from my, uh, how do I put it? it, it it's, it's a positive and a negative, I could say, because <laughs> I, I, I don't seem to have an end to uh, my desire to continue the adventure, to want to continue exploring. Um, I mean, I, I've always had this issue with my family and my wife when I travel. I'm very hard to keep up with. Um, you know, I don't usually take a lot of breaks. I always want to go, go, go. And, you know, we'd walk, whatever, seven, eight hours and just arrive to a town dead on the Camino. And, and yeah, we'd all take a break and shower and rest up a bit. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go explore the town and let's walk around a bit. Who, who's in? Come on, let's go. <laughs> so I was usually the first one out the door and, and uh, the last one uh, to bed, I think. It's just because I'm, I just want to go, go, go. Yeah. Uh, and you, you, sir, though, you have a lust for life that, uh, yes. that's fantastic. Yeah. So, okay, guys, uh, as we reflect then, I want us to reflect a little bit on the, uh, and this is all play. This is anyone jump in on the questions. I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw it to it. Let's pretend that, uh, we are at the end of a long walk of the Camino, uh, at the end of an evening and we've just eaten dinner and we're sitting around. Um, so one of the cool things that we did was that we uh, each chose scriptures that we were going to walk with. And at the end of each evening, we would talk about those scriptures and why we were, why we were walking with those scriptures. And we, maybe we, we might go into those later. But I want us to, as a frame of mind, put us into that kind of conversation because some of those conversations that we had were some, I think, some very meaningful, deep, uh, just incredibly enriching conversations that were the highlights of, of my time. Um, but I'm going to throw out some questions for you and we'll just do all plays and, and, and answer them as best we can here. Um, how did your expectations contrast with the reality of your experience? I, I can jump in here cause I, I had probably a little bit of a, a specific expectation and was vastly wrong because um, I, I, like I mentioned earlier, I did the, the Inca trail in Peru uh, about a year before and had a great time. It was an amazing experience. I would highly recommend it. Um, might be a good reunion to do with the, with all of us, but anyway, uh, <laughs> that's, it, it was, it was similar in a way and very different in a, in a different way. It was, it was a trek. It was a, it was a challenge. It was, you know, beautiful scenery. Um, doing a walk that took several days. Uh, it was awesome, but I did go by myself and I, I, well, I joined up with a, with a group of packers that, you know, you go with a guide and all that. And not allowed to do it all, all by yourself, but anyway, um, and it was great, but there was, it was missing that spiritual aspect of the Camino for me. Um, and I realized that probably was my fault because I could have made it more of a, of a spiritual impactful, spiritually impactful trip. Um, but I learned that you have to be more intentional to do that. And I didn't on the Inca trail. So Danny's idea the days before, I don't know how, how long in advance before we started our Camino to, to everybody pick a verse and we're going to talk about it. That just made a whole difference for me. Even going in, I was like, Oh, okay. So this is, I, I mean, I figured, okay, these are three Christian missionaries and then well, they, and DE as well. And, and we're all Christian guys. And, Okay, so we're probably going to have some spiritual conversations. That might be cool. Um, but the, the depth of those spiritual conversations, I was not expecting. And that was, uh, that was amazing. Like I said, it, just, it, it taught me to be 
you have to be intentional <laughs> to make that happen. Um, and then I think it was like the first, maybe the first day of walking or maybe the second early on, Mike uh, and I were walking together and Mike turns to me and says, it was in the morning, he says, so what are you meditating on today? <laughs> and again, I was, I was, that was an unexpected question because uh, I, I was not thinking about that. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, uh, that's a good question. I, I probably should think about something to meditate on today. And obviously he was talking about either scripture or something spiritual or, or in our lives, uh, you know, God's direction and all that sort of thing, which, uh, so that, that was completely, you know, unexpected to me and, and just make, made it vastly more uh, beneficial. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to me. I, I have this, um, this observation about life that some of the best conversations happen in doorways or happen in transition. And the Camino is just one of those places where you're always in transition. And so you, you have these incredible opportunities in order to start some of the most meaningful conversations. And I, I think I found that happen again and again. I remember uh, I was actually walking with Ty just before he, uh, just before he, he uh, walked into the, uh, <laughs> into the, uh, uh, the, the, the couple and the blind couple, I believe. And, or we, maybe we were talking just before that, but, um, but we were having some incredible conversation. I remember uh, very, very vividly, uh, even the feel of the ground underneath my feet as we were talking and uh, just connecting. It was the first time that you and I had actually had a chance to talk. And, you know, I, I'm not sure what expectations I had going in, but I, I would say that the, the talk and the discussion that we had because of you guys decided to go there. And I think that's a, I, th I, can't, I don't think one can underestimate the importance of someone being willing, a willing uh, passenger or a willing partner to walk through that with. And I, I think that applies to life in general, but I think especially on the Camino, if someone's willing to go to those places. And so I never felt like anyone was holding back. It was like, no, I'm, I'm here with you and we're, we're talking or we're going deep. Uh, and so again and again, I had each of those moments with, with each one of you. I so I, I, might have, I might have expected, um, I might have, ex I think I went into it expecting kind of a solitary experience, you know, as we talked about the Camino and, and how, how I envisioned the Camino, I pictured lots and lots of time by myself. And I think I went into it expecting lots of quiet and lots of, you know, just introspection and focus. And I, especially in this time, um, what I recognized was just how much I got out of the interaction time. So those dinners, those, the, the chats along the way, if I, if I list out my favorite memories, almost every single one of them was something that someone said. Um, and it made me realize, you know, that, that those, those quiet, still moments with God are not to be um, not to be uh, deprioritized for sure. Um, but God, at least in my life, so often has spoken to me through other people, and I maybe had uh, I don't know maybe I had devalued or maybe I I wasn't deprioritized. I guess. The, the, the time being around like-minded guys, like DE said. Um, 
And within a matter of hours, that reality was just brought back to me of how important that is and how much God really wants to bless me through that. Um, So just the interaction time, I I just, I I hadn't anticipated that that was going to be the absolute highlight of the trip for me. And it turned out to be. We we really underestimate the amount of time that we need to spend with people and that we need uh, common life stage, but common, you know, brothers in arms or uh, fellowship with people of, of like-mindedness, don't we? I mean, yeah. it, you, you can't, you can't underestimate uh, what that, I, I, I call it a leverager for life, right? So we're not going to see each other every weekend. We're not going to, but those moments that we get together, uh, Lord willing, again, on the Camino someday, um, it, it's going to leverage me into something else because, I, because of the quality of the people that are there. But Ty, you, you started to say something as well. Uh, I, I was just going to chime into the, the conversation within that first day or the first couple of hours that you and I had just list, just listening to you. Cause I, I, I feel like I was kind of throughout my time, I was excited to about this venture, but kind of to dovetail what Danny said, I thought it would kind of be like a little bit of a solo time where we'd walk for most of the time by ourselves. And then at nighttime we'd get back together for meals and it wasn't that at all. And I'm so glad for it. And, and, and the biggest thing I got out of it when I coming yeah. back was look at all these guys, these six other guys that I was with for, for this week long adventure and, and just everything that I was able to learn from each one of you just at different stages, you know, and, and, and I bring it back to you, Barrett, the conversation we had really that we talked about doorway conversations yeah, or yeah. where you, where you learn from people at uh, either, whether it's uh, eating food together, having a beer together or, we're staring at a fire together, but that whole conversation really was spurred out of kind of where I was in my, in my career of just talking about leadership. Yeah. And that's what spurred that, you know, a little bit with, with us. So I, the experience was vastly more than what I ever expected. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was reading a book uh, on the way there, you know, the, the way is made by walking is a book that I read on the plane on the way over and it, it just talked about specifically the, the pilgrimage to Santiago, but it was just a, such an incredible book. And one of the things it talked about was it, it was a divine bouquet, you know, that every throughout this entire adventure that we went on, God was present presenting these divine bouquets in front of me, just saying, Hey, look, this is how you can know that I'm here. And like I mentioned, my wife's uh, Stephanie's dad had passed away when we made the decision to go. But the day before I actually left to start my trek over to Spain, her uncle had died. Like literally a couple of days before I had gotten there, her wow. uncle had died. These are two of the closest people to their family. One of the most re- revered people to her and to her family. And I was just thinking through, how do I get her and the rest of the family through this? Knowing my wife has lost the two very important men in her life. And I couldn't have gone to a better group of people and with a better group of people to recognize that and, and to kind of lead my own family. Wow. Thanks, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you talk about expectations, I think my 22nd description of the Camino is like, I, I went in with <laughs> such high, high expectations and, and it exceeded my expectations. I, I did put a lot on this. I did like, Hey, I'm, I turned 50 once. Like this is, this is my big trip. I'm not going to be scheduling this every year. Like, what is this going to look like? Is it really going to be all I've hyped it up to be? And I think someone has already mentioned that first dinner that we had. But to me, it set the tone 
of transparency, of being authentic, of just a sense of like, hey, like we're not just a bunch of guys walking and we're going to share platitudes. Like people are really bearing their heart. And, and again, knowing some of you guys and where you were too, if you're like, like deciding career or just in the busyness, like Garrick said, like I knew people were coming in with a lot on them. And I think you can react in the middle of that of like, hey, I, I just have so much. I don't know if I really want to go deep with people. And I just felt like there was an intentionality by the group to do that. I, I would say of the group, Ty was the one I'd probably spent the least amount of time on. And I don't know if it was the first or the second day. Um, but I remember walking with Ty. And again, you had the time just to kind of flesh everything out. And it just hit me of like, this guy is so intentional and mm-hmm. how he cares for the people that he leads yeah. in his work, about his job, yeah. about his kids, his wife. I just remember just soaking it all in and going, okay, like this is the type of guys that I want to be around, like who walk with the Lord, who are really intentional about this and can communicate on this really heart level, you know? And it was just like, man, what a blessing, like that that these relationships that hadn't, you know, like we started this this podcast, it's not like we've been hanging out every week for three hours and already had this deep relationship there kind of been a gap for a lot of us in this and just to kind of be able to pick up and to get to that deep level was beyond any expectation I could have had. I, I just want to throw some, just be a little academic here. Uh, but what, what, uh, I mean, I, I, I wrote my doctorate on pilgrimage. <laughs> no, no, no. But there's, there's, but what, one of the great things for me was seeing stuff I had researched and read about come to reality yeah. in a deep, cause I, 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 I'm up on the Camino a lot. Uh, mainly doing uh, hospitality ministry. So it's a, that's all, I hadn't walked it. And I, the last time I walked it was with my daughter, which is fantastic experience, but a very different experience, you know? And so this was, it, it was the ability to see the power in, in pilgrimage. And it's, I'll just mention two things I think are really interesting here, that none of us come from, you know, particularly Catholic backgrounds. We're all Protestant evangelical, you know, maybe there's some Catholic roots, but, that we've all found this, um, we jumped into this as people, you know, I think 30 years ago, 20 years ago, this would have all been very strange. So I think it's interesting to think about how we all jumped into this pilgrimage thing, uh, which is kind of counter to maybe the stream of Christianity we've been in. I think that's changed a lot. Uh, but then also to see that, you know, that what, what happens in this process of coming together as a community taking an adventure and, 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 I, and I was, I'm, I am very thankful uh, that, cause you know, we didn't know, but I'm thankful that Ty and, you know, I remember one morning Ty said, Hey, can we pray this morning before we start? And, you know, Danny, you know, making that, uh, you know, a very important part of what we were doing. Cause that's, that's really what the Camino of doing pilgrimage is about is seeking after Jesus and, and, and doing this thing to know him better. Um, and, um, and I, I think we accomplished that uh, in a lot of ways with, uh, in the in the community of, of 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 faith that we that we created, you know, I think that's because yeah. I, I I've thought a lot about the the whole idea about pilgrimage. And Garrick, you and I maybe even mentioned this on our on one of our podcasts. I think it was might have been the first one we talked about pilgrimage. But you know, pilgrimage is is hot right now. It's the new sexy. Um, I remember reading about <laughs> pilgrimage in. Um, in an in-flight magazine on Norwegian airlines and they were highlighting all these different pilgrimages that you can do. So the idea of pilgrimage is big in the world, but I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, Jason, I know you did the, the Inca trail and you're saying maybe I could have done the, you know, a little bit more spiritual or, or whatever else, but I, I actually wonder if that would have been the case 
if you sat us all seven down in the middle of the Inca Trail, if it would have been the same thing. Right, here, here is a path that more or less, I mean, obviously the path has changed. It's not the same path that all pilgrims walked, yada, yada, yada. But the reality is, is that people have been walking that direction for, thou, you know, for a thousand years, trying or making their road inroads to Camino, or Santiago de Compostela to pay their respects to the Apostle St. James, or to journey on the way to know Christ better and their prayer. I mean, there is that scene. We didn't walk past this one particular place, but the scene in the way where everyone lays down their, their prayers and their burdens. Um, and, you know, Mike, I know that you carried stones with you each day that you were, you were thinking about. And I, I picked up a stone every day, so I, I, lighten, my, I lighten my load every day. But, but I, do I, I kept them small. small <laughs> I, was trying to, I, was trying to, I was trying to make you look good, really, Mike. You, kind of pebbles. <laughs> Really, they would have floated on water had he thrown them on. But, but I mean, the, the reality is, is I, I just don't know if that would have been the case if, had you plopped us all down in, say, you know, rural Arizona, if we had just started walking, if we would have experienced the same thing. There is something about the Camino de Santiago, and I don't know what it is all other than to say that, look, there's probably people praying over that particular journey, but you're also... Mm caught up in the tradition and the spiritual heritage of what that is. And so I do think that it, it is a very profound experience. Mm. Yeah. I, I think oh. you're right in, in the difference of the actual location and the trek itself, because there, yeah. you know, when, when you read online and, and look at documentaries or, or books about the Camino, it's very different than, you know, you don't hear the same things about the Inca trail, you know, the spiritual uh, impact that it makes or, Appalachian Trail or any of these kind of camping or hiking type adventures. It's very different. So not only the guys that I was with made that uh, happen, but you're right. I mean, the, the history and, and the, the openness of that everybody had, not just us. I mean, everybody around us and everybody we met had some kind of spiritual uh, mentality going into this and, and the reasons and the motivations of why they were walking the Camino. It's, it's, it's a much more deeper yeah. uh, you know, reason to walk the Camino than, than to do any of these other treks around the world. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, one of my takeaways on it was in some ways though, um, I agree with you. It's, it, it's a, for me, it was a profound spiritual experience. And Danny, like you said, it was, I went in with some individual, I had my, my rocks each day to things to meditate on, give over to God, but it's also communal. And I think that's it's a metaphor in life that we, we live life individually, but we live it best communally too. I mean, we experience it individually, but communally. But there were conversations I had with several people who had done the full 500 kilometers of the Camino. And especially since we're the last part of it, you ask them, hey, what have you taken away from this and stuff? And there were probably six or seven people, conversations I can remember, people just kind of went, meh, you know, I thought it was going to be amazing. I thought it was going to, have this major revelation, but it's just been, yeah. And I think there's a metaphor for life there too. That I mean, the Camino metaphor is life and that it's hard at times. There's uphills, there's downhills. Um, you know, you get blisters. You, there's, mostly you're you're hot, you're tired. <laughs> it's what? Mostly what? M mostly uphills. Mostly uphills, exactly. <laughs> Especially exactly. out of towns. <laughs> yeah. yes. You're, you're tired at times. And I started thinking, why is it that some people, we walk the same journey and some people get through it without meeting with God or without having profound spiritual impact. And I think it's the willingness to 
like in life, it's the willingness to go there. It's the willingness to enter in with other people and get vulnerable. It's the willingness to do the hard work of, uh, of meditating on God, of uh, pursuing God. You said, somebody said seeking God. And I think it's the willingness to go and seek God versus I'm just walking this and hoping something happens. And I think it meant a lot to me because we were all seven of us were intentional about seeking God and being vulnerable with each other. And I think as I think about life coming beyond the Camino, um, that is, there's a point where life, we can go through life, just the ups and downs and muddle through it, or we can pursue community, vulnerable, be vulnerable with others and really seek God. And we get a life kind of the intentionality we put into it, so to speak. Yeah. 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 It's so true. So, so true. So, you know, one of, one of my favorite, uh, I guess things that happened was, was watching Danny struggle with not, um, not just walking over to the monastery uh, that we <laughs> that we passed. I for, I'm totally forgetting the blanking on the name of the city Samos. and the name, Samos and yeah. Samos. So so Danny, you're you have an over. You mentioned because when you mentioned earlier that you were hoping, you know, not hoping, but you kind of expected it was going to be this time of quiet contemplation. Um, yeah. I I think we might have actually lost you at one point. I think you might have actually had almost lost you. I didn't say we did, but we almost lost you. You could have walked over to that monastery and just and just never returned. It was touch and go there for a little bit. <laughs> it was touch and go. What what is it about what is it about that though for you that that attracts you so much? Because you've you've mentioned more than once, not on this podcast, but in, in general, just your desire for the quiet life. Um well I I'm probably not the only person that would like for their life to resemble a little bit more of the, you know, of the quiet life. But you know, Touché. I, I but for some reason, you know, I, I, I had periodically through my kind of, you know, diving in and learning more about the faith, I was, I was drawn to people like Henry Nowen and some of these other um, uh, writers and, and believers who, who had come from some of these traditions. And one of the traditions was this kind of monastic tradition. And I was always interested in it because it, it, it surprised me on one level that, that people would feel somehow called to, um, you know, remove themselves from the world. And that's sort of the traditional monastic, you know, view is you, you picture these monks that are kind of disappearing from the world. Uh, and yet they seemed to, in some ways, have this, this commitment to community and to living in community. Um, and it was actually on our trip um, where I, I, you know, we got a chance, you mentioned Samos, uh, uh, and a very, very good Bocadillo that we had yeah. across just, the street from the monastery. Some of the best, some of the best. Um, and it just, you know, I was looking at the monastery and some of that stuff was just reminding me of, of, you know, in this idyllic kind of quiet setting, um, you know, how neat it would be, you know, if you, if you had lived a different life to just be someone that, you know, is, as some of the, the uh, the nuns would would call this sort of being married to Christ, being married to the church, and it was actually on this trip where Garrick, you know, spelled out, and you know, we asked him to sort of uh, you know take a, a a twenty minute give us a twenty minute lecture on the history of of monasticism, and and I really expanded my view that these orders were things that had 
they weren't just this sort of monolithic thing that I always thought they were of people just sort of separating from the world, that there were some that were very active in their communities, um, uh, you know, like the Mother Teresa's of, of the world. So it, it was just, it was an eye-opening experience for me. I, I definitely would put that, that Samos monastery on a, on a list. Ironically, they had a tour at that monastery Mm -hmm. and I sort of floated that out to you guys, if you remember, like, you know, there's a tour at this thing. <laughs> it starts in a half an hour. And, and Ty, yeah, Ty was like, yeah, I, th I think we can do it. And everybody else was like, you know what? We really got to get to the next half. I, was like, I, thought, I, I thought it was interesting that the, the blind couple that we helped get across the street, we, I talked to them for, for quite a while. And then we ended up at a cafe and we just had coffee together. And then they went on their way and I thought I was actually ahead of you guys, but it ended up I was behind you guys. But I met up with you guys in, in Samos at that monastery and the blind couple went into the, in, on the tour and we ran into them after we had Bocadillos. And, and the way that they described the monastery was amazing. This is a blind couple that literally, you know, the, the gentleman, he can't see at all and his wife can just barely make out fuzzy, fuzzy, uh, fuzzy things and they the way she spoke of that monastery was incredible just how beautiful it was and i thought i can see i can stand i have every you know i am a, a healthy person and i don't even look at life like that enough and, and to see the beauty and the daily things that i get to go through each and every day the uh yeah well that was the day in summers we accidentally added like 12 kilometers onto our total walk we didn't right. mean to do that but uh we did we did need to get going <laughs> yes. i didn't we didn't know i didn't know until we got back we, we in retrospect out. it turned out to be the right decision that's yeah. where we learned about the complementario yeah that's right that's yep. right yep what that means i would i think this is maybe a good spot here uh to throw out the to share a story uh because i think that's something that happens in the community is you 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 bump into people or things happen yeah uh and uh, that are are kind of powerful moments and sometimes those seem very um providential you know i think what part of the one of the things that happens on the camino is things happen that wouldn't happen in normal life uh that maybe you feel that god maybe did something or or or, or spoke to you in a way through that story or through that maybe connection i think ty's example uh with the blind couples you know is, is fascinating but if you talk to pilgrims and if you, you spend a lot of time those things seem to happen all the time on the community of Santiago. So, you know, what, what I throw out, what are some, some highlight stories? And obviously someone needs to share about Father Bill, but uh, I'll let someone do that. Oh, Father Bill, that was incredible. But I, I, I did not have the pleasure of discussing or talking with Father Bill very long. So one of y'all who, who had- I think Danny, I think Danny. Yeah, I think Danny, Danny. All right, have at it guys. Did you mention me because I uh, was closest in age to Father Bill? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Father no Bill was was definitely a highlight for us. So, so just briefly, I think for some reason we had kind of separated or something, and so there was a few of us that were together, and we were entering into a town, and it was the end of the day, and we were kind of ready to be done. And I think it was Jason. Uh, we were both leaning up against a, a, a fence or something. We were waiting for the rest of the guys. And we saw this little old man 
walking very, very slowly. Um, and I think, I, I think we both looked at each other and we thought, wow, man, you know, we we're we're half this guy's age and we are, you know, dying, uh, you know, at the end of the day and there, and look at him, there he is, you know, and then the rest of the group kind of caught up to us and we just ended up walking alongside him and he struck up a conversation with us. And I think what struck me is, um, who we thought was just this little old man on the road ended up being a, uh, a, a priest, uh, who at the time was living in San Diego, he turns out to be uh, a, a pretty well-known person in the space of, of reconciliation. So he, he managed a, uh, and started a center for, uh, uh, of reconciliation, for bringing parties together, arbitrating disagreements and things like that. Um, and he was part of an order uh, of priests that were very active in their communities and, and things like that. Uh, and we discovered this about him uh, in about 20 seconds because he went from, you know, you talked about, I think, Mike, you talked about kind of the intentionality of people sharing on the Camino. Father Bill asked us three questions. And the first question was, where are you guys from? And I don't even remember the second. The third question was, tell me something spiritual that you're kind of working through in this Camino. And what struck me as we sort of left that conversation was how that guy walked up to a group of guys on the Camino and went from zero to a spiritual conversation in 25 seconds. I was yep. just so, uh, I was just so convicted of that, you know, that and he, it, he wasn't offensive about it either. He was gracious. Not at all. It, it was an incredible question. Just, and, you know, and maybe we were a friendly crowd or whatever, but he, he <laughs> we just sort of walked right into it. Um, and, you know, we probably spent, I don't know, did we spend maybe 10 minutes talking to him tops? Yep. And yet we learned, he, he, he reached out to us. He connected with us. We learned his story. He was a, he was, uh, uh, a lung cancer patient. Um, he was in his early eighties. So just, you know, it, it's, you meet people like that along the way in life and you discover, you know, in some sense, just how far you have to go. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Garrick, you got a chance to talk to with him as well, right? Yeah. Um, well, we were, I was right there, I think with, with the guys, but the same thing, just talk, uh, incredibly humble person who, uh, you know, very quickly showed his care and concern for you. And the crazy thing was after the, if I remember correctly, after the, um, uh, the Camino, he was headed to South Africa for, to do reconciliation work. That's right. Yeah. So he was, yeah. you know, this is a guy I was, you know, that was, we were like two days out. I was like, I'm, I just want to go home and lie down <laughs> for, for like for three or four, you know, and this, and, and, and I think that his positivity of it, he was he was still very much serving us because he was serving us. He's ministering to us, um, whether we were aware of it or not. Uh, and he was, uh, you know, kind, patient, humble. Um, and I, you know, I, that was the moment where I realized too, because you know, I'd, I'd had some days where you just kind of you're tired. I want to eat something. I'm not in the best of mood. And then you you come up along this this you know old man who kind of looked at times like the the his backpack was gonna crush him. You know, he was not a. He was he was a little bit more frail. Uh, 
of Spanish uh, internet just hit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Garrick, you're back. You're back, buddy. Oh, do it. Uh, hold on a sec. Am I everything okay? You're good, man. Yeah. Good. Okay. Okay. Um, so anyway, so I think that was a big moment for me of, of going, okay, I need to make sure I really watch my attitude and, um, in, in how I'm walking on the way, but also in life and to be grateful and humble. Yeah. Father Bill serves as an example for, I think, well, he serves as a Christ-like example, yeah. but an example of how to endure, uh, suffering, uh, with graciousness, but also, but also just, uh, fortitude uh in reliance upon jesus uh he's really really yep. cool guy the words finishing well come to my yeah. mind when i think about the, not just he's walking his camino well but he's 80 something years old with cancer and he's running into heaven i mean you know what i'm saying he's yeah running the race well yeah mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know how you top father bill but certainly one of my highlights of the trip. Um, well, actually, uh, you know, we had, a, we, Jason and I had a smaller story uh, mm-hmm. with uh, another Catholic priest, uh, Father Brennan, who is a priest from Dublin, or uh, grew up in Dublin, but, uh, but based in San Jose, California now, was out taking a group uh, from his parish walking, walking the Camino. And we had a pretty cool conversation with him. He and a, uh, a girl who had been walking it for 30 something days. She was Hungarian, but happened to live in London, England. And she wasn't watching it, walking it for any kind of spiritual reason. Uh, Father Brennan was leading his, uh, his parish group through. Uh, but we had a, you know, I don't know, Jason, if you have any, any thoughts on our conversation with him, but I, for me, just talking to a guy who was leading a group of people along this so that they could experience a deeper intimacy with Christ. Uh, you know, that was one of the reasons that he stated, I, I really want to do this. I want them to experience uh, a deeper intimacy with Christ. I thought it was a, a, a pretty cool thing. And uh, just speaks volumes again to the, the idea of the Camino of people from all walks of life uh, walking that thing. Um, yeah, that was a good, that was a good conversation. Um, yeah. And it's funny that if you remember the Hungarian girl, she started the Camino 30 something days before with a friend who, who ended up quitting like the day or so before we met her. And we were in the last five days, maybe that was like four days to Santiago. So that friend started 30 something days and quit like four, maybe three days before the end. That was incredible. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was that was a that was a good good time. Very very different walks of life. Uh, just come together and have have a good conversation. It was, it was amazing.